Good morning, Ridge family. We hope that you're enjoying your snow day this morning. You know, I always regret when we're uh, unable to get together as a church family and worship together. But hey, I'm so thankful that you're able to join us online this morning, and I hope that you're blessed for being here as well. Hey, before we jump into our message this morning, just a a few announcements I want to make you aware of. First of all, uh, I want to invite you to our night of worship scheduled for January 28th at 6 o'clock p.m. Our nights of worship are always just great nights for the body of Christ to come together and and worship in spirit and in truth. There's just always such a sweet spirit during those times of worship. And if you remember, uh, January 28th will be the end of our 21 days of prayer that we're currently in right now as well. And so not only is it going to be a great night of praise, it's going to be a great night of prayer as well. And so we hope that you'll plan on joining us for our night of worship, January 28th at six o'clock PM. And then also you uh, probably remember a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned a brand new ministry that we started here called our equipping ministry. And as a part of that equipping ministry, we're offering three equipping classes this semester that we would love for you to be a part of. Okay. And I just want to mention those classes real quick. Number one is a class called Cover to cover. And this is an eight-week Bible study, basically, that will uh, let us understand uh, in a a much deeper way the grand narrative of the Bible. You know, the Bible is not just a a bunch of random stories squeezed in uh, to one book. It's it's, it's not at all. There's There's a greater story that leads us from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. And this is going to be a wonderful story to give us a brand new perspective and understanding of God's word. It's going to be led by our discipleship pastor, David Hayde. And so this would be a great study for you to jump in on. Uh, The second uh, class that we're offering is a class called Starting Point. And perhaps you've been walking with the Lord for just a few months or maybe a few years, but you feel like you've never really got a proper understanding or foundation of what you believe or how to live out your beliefs as a follower of Jesus Christ. Well, Starting Point is a great place to begin building that foundation, understanding things like the role of the Holy Spirit in your life and how to exercise your spiritual gifts to serve the church and to serve the world. And so this is just a great place to begin building that foundation for understanding what it means to walk with the Lord. And then the third class that we're offering, one of my favorites is a class called Financial Peace University. If you want 2022 to be the year that you finally get out of debt or you're finally able to save a little bit of money or put something away for college or for a rainy day or whatever it might be, then this is the class for you. This class is the only one that comes with a fee. It's $89 uh, and that will get you all the materials, all the curriculum that you need for this class and Uh, Of course, if the $89 is a problem, then we want to be able to uh, help out in any way that we can to make sure that you get into this class. And so uh, I want to uh, point your attention to uh, where you can go to get more information about these three classes. And you can go to uh, our website, theridge.cc slash events. And there you're going to be able to find a lot more information about each of these three classes and how you can sign up to be a part of our equipping classes uh, this semester. So I hope you'll do that. Um, And one last thing I want to mention, you know, feeling a lot better today after uh, being under the weather last week. And you never want to have to call your church staff on uh, a Saturday night and say, "Uh uh-oh, I'm sick and I'm not going to be able to make it. Uh, But that's exactly what I had to do last week. And so thankful for uh, our teaching team uh, who were, they were all at the ready. And as you know, Dylan Ray stepped up and uh, did a great job talking about Psalm 23 and uh, just the peace that we receive by walking with the Good Shepherd. And so just a big thanks to Dylan Ray and and all of our teaching team 
19 that you're going to be hearing more and more from uh, as we continue to move through 2022. Okay. All right. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in, uh, we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, but we're not going to stay there very long. We're going to be kind of jumping around uh, a little bit today. Um, Two Sundays ago, we started a brand new series that's really focusing on our spiritual emphasis for 2022. And if you were here or you were watching a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that every single year leading up to the new year, we just kind of pray and and ask the Lord to lead us to a, a spiritual discipline or a spiritual practice that he wants us to work on as an entire church. And for 2022, it was just clear that he was leading us toward unity. You know, our elders just finished a book not long ago by uh, Francis Chan called Until Unity. And so this is a topic that we've been talking about in our, our elder team and, and, our, and our staff team. And, and so this is something that we're already, uh, we've jumped into head first. And, and, and all year, we're gonna be weaving this idea of unity into our sermons, into our studies, our classes, the, the events that we take part of. And so I want you to, re- to, to, to remember that this goes right along with our 21 days of prayer, which is centered on on these uh, six elements of unity. And we started a couple of weeks ago when I started talking about unity of vision. And then today we're going to talk about unity in Christ and then unity in doctrine, unity in relationships, unity in service, unity in love. These are the things that we're really focusing on. These are the things that we're praying through as well. And so uh, in regards to our 21 days of prayer, if you have not downloaded the, the guide, the prayer guide yet, we want to uh, direct you to our website, theridge.cc slash 21 days of prayer. There you can download the prayer guide and continue to pray with us over the next couple of weeks as we finish that up, okay? So as a recap from from two weeks ago, we began with this idea of unity in vision. And we said a church's vision really explains why that church exists at all and really where the Lord is leading that church in the future. And I introduced uh, the Ridge's vision statement to you. And I just want to read that once again this morning. The Ridge vision is this, to be a church that connects, equips, and mobilizes disciples of Jesus Christ for community transformation and global missions. Now, if you remember, there are some key words in that statement. We want to connect in relationships. We want to equip for growth, and we want to mobilize for service. Why? So that we can see our community transformed and we can see the gospel continue to go to the nations. It's so important that that a church is united around its God-given, unique vision for this particular time and for this particular place and this moment. And so today, we're going to move on to uh, the second element of unity. And this one is really important. In my opinion, this is really kind of where unity in the church all begins. And that's in this unity in Christ. I I believe that in Christ, um, what that means is that we are united in the spirit of Christ. That means that every true believer is one with every other true believer because of our shared life in Jesus Christ. And I think that's what Paul meant when he wrote these words in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 13. He said, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body 
by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Now, now obviously what we hear in that passage is that we're, we're all different. And, 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 and as followers of Christ, we, we, are, we are different, but we have some similarities. We, we, are, we, are, we, we have different backgrounds. We have different experiences. We have different strengths. But despite all those differences, we have a similarity. And this is it. All believers in Christ have one thing in common, faith in Christ as Lord and Savior. That's the one concrete, essential truth that binds us together in unity as the body of Christ. According to that scripture that we just read in 1 Corinthians, all true believers in Christ are baptized by one Holy Spirit into one body of believers, which is the church. When we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We, we don't lose our individual identities. We don't lose our personality. We don't lose our nature. We don't lose our, 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 our traits. But what we do gain is a connection as one body, one church, one family in the spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, for you football fans out there, you, you may recognize the name Herman Edwards or Herm Edwards. He was a college and NFL football coach known for his wit and wisdom, both on and off the field. And, and one day he was asked about unity. He was asked about teamwork and, and uh, he said a, a, a quote that just lives on through the years. You'll probably recognize this. He said this, the players that play on this football field will play for the name on the side of their helmet and not the name on the back of their jersey. You see, when we become a part of the body of Christ, we become part of a universal team. Really a better term is we become part of a universal family. We become part of the family of God. And in that family, everyone has a role to play. Everyone has a position to fill. And here's the best thing. God has already equipped and gifted each of you as a follower of Jesus Christ to serve in a unique God-given role within the body of Christ. And so now that means that we no longer live just for ourselves, just for our own desires, just for our own needs, right? In other words, we no longer live for, for the name on the back of our jersey, so to speak. But now we live for the name under heaven by which all men will be saved. The name that will cause every knee to bow in both heaven and earth and under the earth. We live for the name above all names, and that is the name of Jesus Christ, one body, one family, one church, serving one Lord, practicing one faith under the Lordship of one Savior, Jesus Christ. And by the way, that's why a believer in Jesus Christ can enjoy fellowship with any other believer in Christ anywhere else in the world. You know, I've had the opportunity to go on several mission trips uh, throughout the years to, to several different places throughout the world. And a handful of those times I would be in a place, a culture where the people did not speak English at all. And there were no translators. And I certainly had no idea how to speak their native language. And so unless we were able to find a translator or, or, or maybe a, a middle school student who had taken an English class and knew a little bit of English, there was absolutely zero chance that we we're gonna be able to communicate with one another. But when we would come together and have the opportunity to worship together in a, 
in, 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 in a single location. You know, as worship songs would begin to, to play and as the congregation would begin to sing in the native language, I still wouldn't understand the words, but, but I would recognize the tune. And I would just join in. I would begin singing that worship song in English. Songs like Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Or Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. And I would just join in. And in that moment, as, as I was singing in English and those around me were singing in their native tongue, it was as if the Spirit of Christ came over us. And we began to feel something that, that was supernatural. It wasn't natural. We were being connected. We were joining together as one through the spirit of Jesus Christ. We were from different cultures. We were from different backgrounds, completely different lifestyles. But in that moment, singing the same worship song in two completely different languages, I believe we experienced true worship, true unity, true fellowship in the spirit of Christ. Brothers and sisters united under the lordship of one savior, Jesus Christ. That's only possible through the spirit of Jesus. That's the unity I'm talking about. That's why it's so important. And so we need to think biblically about why unity as a church matters and how we're supposed to apply unity in Christ in our faith. And so if you're taking notes, write this down. Unity in Christ matters because Christ died to secure it. Have you ever thought about that? Christ died to secure our unity with one another. It was the cross of Jesus that broke down the barriers, as Paul said, between Jews and Gentiles, between the slave and the free. And it also reconciled all those who were once alienated from Christ back to the body of Christ. Jesus died to bring unity to all believers through the atonement of sin that we would be one. Let me read Colossians chapter one, verses 19 through 22. It says, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Is that not amazing? Is that not, is that passage of scripture does that not amaze you that Jesus, his death provided a way for all people who desire Christ to become one in Christ without fault? Because of his death and resurrection, a way was made for our sins to be completely removed, that we might be reconciled as one back to the Father. That's why unity matters, because it came at a great cost. It came at a great price. Jesus laid down his life that we might be one, that we might have unity with one another under his lordship. And so unity in Christ, it matters because Christ died to secure it. But there's another reason. 
Unity in Christ matters because it's part of our witness to the world. Unity actually becomes part of our witness, our testimony to an unbelieving world. Back in the day of the apostle Paul, that divide between Jews and Gentiles, and certainly that divide between uh, slaves and free was, was a wide divide. These two groups had nothing in, in common, but Paul knew that if the church could establish and could demonstrate uncommon unity among Jews and Gentiles and slave and free, man, that would be a powerful witness to the world for Jesus Christ. And so even today, still today, an unbelieving world should be able to look at the local church and realize that there's something different going on there, that there's something unnatural happening there, that there's an uncommon unity that exists there. Our outward expression of unity should really just be a reflection of our inward unity in Christ. And that has the power to draw people to the love and knowledge of Jesus. That really was the basis of Christ's high priestly prayer the night he was crucified. In John chapter 17, he prayed these words. My prayer is not for them alone, meaning just his disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the ground or the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. And here's the result. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. You see, unity in Christ it matters because it actually becomes a, a powerful part of our, our, our witness, our testimony to the world. Did you see the, the result? Jesus said, the world will know. When, when we're one, when we come together under the Lordship of Jesus as one body, one, one body of believers, then the world will know that God sent Jesus Christ and that he loves this world with all of his heart. That kind of unity is only found in saving faith and it's only found in the shared life that followers of Jesus experience together in Christ. And that's why it matters. That's why it has to matter. It matters because, because Jesus died that we might have it. it. It matters because it's a part of our witness to this world. The more unity the world sees in us, the more they'll be drawn to Christ. So exactly how do we apply this kind of unity? How, how do we live this out every single day so that it does honor Christ and so that the world does know? Well, here's just a, a couple of quick thoughts. If you're taking notes, unity in Christ, it must be protected and it must be perfected. It must be protected and it must be perfected. And what I mean by that, is even though Jesus died to secure our unity and, and even though true unity is the work of the Holy Spirit through his people, you and I have a role in this. We have to be willing to do our part to protect and to perfect unity inside the local church and among this body of believers. Listen 
to what Paul wrote to the Ephesian believers in Ephesians chapter four, verse three, make every effort to keep unity. Another word is to maintain unity or to protect unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. In other words, as followers of Jesus Christ, we all have a responsibility to maintain, to protect and to perfect unity with one another. And so here are just a, a few ways we do that. Number one, we, perfect, we protect and perfect unity by maintaining harmony with all believers. And I'm talking about our relationships with one another. As followers of Christ, we must live in peace with one another. Now that doesn't mean that we won't have our differences and it certainly doesn't mean we're all gonna be best friends all the time. But what it does mean is what Paul described in Colossians chapter three, when he said, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. If there is someone in your life, especially another follower of Jesus Christ, who you've been holding a grudge against, or you're holding on to some kind of anger or resentment toward that person, then you're not protecting or perfecting unity in Jesus Christ. You're actually breaking down unity. And Paul says to protect unity in the body of Christ, we, we must bear with one another. He said, we must forgive one another just as the Lord has forgiven us. One of my favorite C.S. Lewis quotes, I've, I've actually read this one before, but I think it's appropriate for here. He said, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. This is the first way we protect and perfect unity in Christ by maintaining harmony in our relationships with one another. But there's another way and it's this by fulfilling our role in the body of Christ, by taking our part, fulfilling our role. If you remember from our study last year in, in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul devoted almost an entire chapter, chapter 12, to the analogy of the church as a body, as the body of Christ made up of many parts and every part was necessary. And we, we don't have time this morning to, to go back and kind of read through that chapter, but there is one particular verse in that chapter, in that portion that I picked out that I think kind of highlights the main idea. And it's 1 Corinthians 12, verse 21. It says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. In other words, we, we can never be guilty of having one member of the body of Christ tell another member of the body of Christ that we don't need you, that there's no place for you here, that you have no value in this place. That would be just like the eye telling the hand, I have no need of you, or the head telling the feet, I don't need you anymore. Every single part of the body of Christ has value. And without every single part of the body functioning as it should, there is no true unity in the body. The same thing applies for the church. 
Though we all have different personalities and and backgrounds and spiritual gifts and and talents, we must understand that each and every believer has value and each believer has a special part in the body of Christ. You see, that's how we protect, that's how we perfect the body of Christ. We, We take our place, we do our part. We don't just spectate, we don't sit in the stands and and watch. We do, we participate, we serve, we give. But there's a final way that we protect and perfect. By growing deeper in our knowledge of Christ and biblical truth. I'm convinced that the more time we spend at the feet of Christ, the more we become like Christ. And the more time we spend reading the word, the more the more the Bible reads us and fills us with knowledge and wisdom. As Ephesians 4.13 says, and I'm just going to paraphrase this because Pastor Mark is going to be preaching on this very soon. In Christ, when we come to the knowledge of the Son of God, when we mature in the Lord, and when one day we finally measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ, that's how we will know that we finally reached full unity in Jesus Christ. That passage speaks to this process that really happens over our entire lifetime as a follower of Jesus, as we stop conforming to this world and we are continually transformed by the renewing of our minds. Our unity in Christ deepens as we grow to know Christ more and more and as we grow to know his word more and more. And so let me ask you this morning, what are you doing to protect and perfect unity in Christ? I want to ask you this morning, is there a broken relationship in your life somewhere because someone hurt you or, or someone betrayed you? and you're holding on to some anger or some, or some unforgiveness? Or, or maybe there's someone you need to ask forgiveness for but because you, you hurt them, you offended them, and you never, you never said you were sorry, you never asked for forgiveness. I'm telling you, you're not doing anything to protect and perfect unity. You're actually breaking unity down. Don't let that go for another second. Don't let that go for another day. Decide right now in your heart to offer them forgiveness or to ask them for their forgiveness. Call them, text them, have the conversation. Don't get comfortable living in conflict. Don't get comfortable living in division. That's not what Christ died for. And that is not the witness that we want to portray to the world. And if you say, well, Jan, the situation is just too difficult. It's been going on too long. Pray about it. Start praying right now that God would break down barriers, that he would break down walls, that he would break down any kind of doors or awkwardness that would be in the way that there might be an opportunity to have that conversation. Ask God to give you the power to forgive or ask for forgiveness so that you might restore unity in Christ. Remember to be a follower of Christ means we have to forgive the inexcusable because that's exactly what Christ did for us. Or maybe today you just need to find your place in the body of Christ. Have you surrendered to Jesus? Is he your personal Lord and Savior? 
Have you come to a point in your life where you admitted that you are a sinner and that you need a savior? If not, that's the very first step in becoming a follower of Jesus Christ is giving your whole life, your whole heart, your whole soul to Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you're already a follower, then what are you doing about it? Have you been baptized as a testimony to the world that you are a follower of Jesus? Are you serving somewhere in a ministry, either in the church or beyond the church, using your set of skills and and talents to love God, to love people and to make a difference? Are you sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ daily? Are you growing in his word daily? Are you being transformed by the renewing of your mind daily? You see, these are the ways that we protect and perfect unity in Christ. A unity that Jesus laid down his life to offer us. Church, this is the way that you and I, all of us as one family, this is how we continue to grow in unity. We are one body, one family, one church, serving one Lord, practicing one faith under the Lordship of one Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, first of all, Father, we are just so thankful that your son Jesus died on the cross to reconcile us to you, that we might be one with you, Lord. And Father, forgive us. Father, when we allow hurt feelings or division or conflict, Father, to come between us and unity with one another. Father, forgive us where we've held on to hurt or betrayal too long, where we've held back unforgiveness too long. Father, I pray that if any of that exists within this body, Father, that 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 would be resolved, that you would give us the power, the clarity, the understanding, Father, to put that away and Father, to strive for unity. For Father, when the body of Christ is united as one, it becomes a powerful living testimony to the entire world. And so Father, may we do our part to protect and perfect the unity that your son Jesus died to give us. And Father, may our testimony of this church, the Ridge Community Church, may it be proclaimed throughout this community, throughout this region, Father, throughout this nation and around the world. Not that our name might be recognized, but only the name of Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.